0: Hey guys, Ryan Sprague here. The following is the first bonus episode that became available to my Patreon subscribers. I've decided to make it available to everyone so that you get a sneak peek of what to expect by becoming a patron of the show. Somewhere in the Skies is always free to consume, but not free to create. I've made this campaign to help make the show bigger, better, and honestly, to merely exist. Podcasts are not cheap to make, and every penny helps in assuring the show continues. Just like everyone else around the world, I work too many hours a week for too little pay, and Somewhere in the Skies is my release, my sanctuary, my passion of pure curiosity, outside of paying bills to survive a course. So with your help, I can possibly make Somewhere in the Skies my main source of income and focus all my time, efforts, and resources in bringing you the most content, both in quality and quantity, so that we can continue searching for answers to these mysteries together. To learn more about the Patreon campaign and to become a subscriber today, visit patreon.com backslash Somewhere Skies. Thank you so much for your support. Enjoy the episode where we relive the 1975 Carlos de Santos UFO incident. And remember, keep your feet on the ground, but never stop searching Somewhere in the Skies. It was the morning of May 3rd, 1975. Upon returning from a routine flight from Zahuatanejo to Mexico City, 23-year-old pilot Carlos De Santos prepared his Piper PA-24 plane, and it was soon in the skies, heading for the Benito Juarez International Airport. It was over the VHF omnidirectional radio range when Carlos noticed something odd in the distance. As he approached the oddity on his left, it soon came into view there in the skies was a craft gray in color and saucer shaped it was much smaller than his plane as it began to follow his left wing it had what appeared to be a cockpit of some sort on the top with a blackened out window as carlos stared in awe at the craft he had a strange feeling that he was being watched from the other side of his plane he turned to look and on his right wing was yet another identical craft Carlos now felt uneasy, but before he could even process what was happening, a third craft appeared directly in front of his plane, descending beneath the front. Reacting on impulse, Carlos dipped the nose of the plane to observe where this craft had gone. To his surprise and dismay, the craft was a little too close for comfort, hitting and scraping the fuselage, damaging the landing gear of the plane. It was at this point that Carlos no longer felt in control of his Piper plane. No matter what he did to try to get a handle of the plane, nothing was working. Surrounded by the three unknown objects, he was sure that they were moving in to attack. Surprisingly, however, Carlos felt as though they were guiding him. He still felt threatened and attempted to bump the object to his right, hoping this would somehow stop their control over his plane. But it didn't. They were still in complete control and now forcing the Piper plane to ascend to dangerous altitudes. Helpless and afraid of the rapid increase in cabin pressure literally killing him, Carlos did the only thing he could do. He radioed for help. Connecting with a control tower in Mexico City, he sent a distress call, yelling Mayday as loud and as frequent as he possibly could. He went on to describe what was happening, stating that, quote, I have three unidentified visual objects flying around me. End quote. He then went on to explain that, quote, I'm apparently flying without control. The plane is without control. I'm not controlling the plane. End quote. The control tower instructed him to decelerate and descend, but Carlos explained that he couldn't. He believed this was the end, but just as he lost all hope, the objects seemed to distance themselves and begin to head toward the nearby Mount Popo Catepeto volcano at unbelievable speeds. The object soon disappeared out of sight and Carlos regained control of his aircraft. He notified the control tower of such, but the issue remained that his landing gear was damaged beyond control. The airport issued an emergency landing, clearing the area of all flights. Forced to circle the airport almost a dozen times, Carlos desperately searched for something to fix the landing gear. He was able to find a screwdriver and in a makeshift process was successful in extending the gear and safely landing the plane. Carlos was treated at a local clinic and no substances were found in his system. He was given a clear bill of health and permission to continue flying thereafter. Any doubt that the event occurred were squashed when the radar operators at the control tower that day testified that they did indeed view the objects in real time as they were making the maneuvers that Carlos had been reporting. According to UFO researcher Miguel Romero, an affidavit was recorded in official minutes of the General Directorate of Civil Aeronautics by the Officer of Aeronautical Authority for the International Airport of Mexico City. The case caught international attention, and soon news outlets wanted to speak to Carlos about what it happened. The case was also investigated by Project Blue Book, under the guidance of Dr. J. Allen Hynek, the government-hired astronomer who officially looked at UFO cases. On several occasions, Carlos was visited by what can only be described as men in black. He was told not to speak of what had happened, or he and his family could suffer consequences. But he was adamant about getting his story out to the public, and even until this day continues to speak out about it. Carlos went on to continue flying, having a healthy and safe career thereafter, but presumably that almost fateful day in 1975 completely changed his outlook on what lay somewhere in the skies over Mexico, and just exactly how much control the trio of saucer-shaped craft seemed to have over his Piper plane.